Hello everyone, and welcome to RBL Talk. On this week's show, we have some club news. We recap the FC Unsberg game in the Bundesliga, and we take a look ahead to our next match with a preview of Real Madrid in the UEFA Champions League. And we have the RBL Talk segment with your supporter input on the show. First up in news. Blue cards trialled by a global football governing body. A report by Telegraph Sport on February 8 revealed IFAB was planning to introduce sin bin trials. Football already has red cards to dismiss players from the rest of the game and yellow cards or cautions for less serious offences. If a player occurs two yellow cards, they are also sent off. The IFAB proposal focuses on certain offences, namely cynical, tactical fouls or dissent towards match officials. That might be deemed to be at the more serious end of the spectrum when it comes to yellow card transgressions, but not serious enough for a straight red card. Such instances have sometimes been referred to as an orange card offences. Under the IFAB plans, a player would be shown a blue card and removed from the field for 10 minutes. A reason for the colour choices is that blue can be clearly differentiated from yellow and red. It would be the first new card introduced to football since red and yellow cards were adopted for the 1970 World Cup. Blue cards would tally up in the same way as a yellow card. If a player receives a second blue card in a game or a yellow and a blue card, they will be sent off. FIFA's intervention contributed significantly to the backlash, which also included UEFA introducing sin bins would be the death of football. Now on to recapping the Unsberg game. What we did right. The counter-attacking football was swift and precise, which led to our two goals. We held the ball up well and controlled the tempo in stages. The defence held up under Raum, Auburn and Klosterman, who all had good challenges which prevented Arnsberg attackers being through on goal. What we did wrong. Losing possession too easily with heavy touches and mistakes. Galachi parried back into the path of an attacker, which is just instinct to parry, just needed it to go out for a corner or towards one of the defenders. And Appenders penalty went for placement instead of power. Three things we learned via Arnsberg. The ground at the WWK Arena in Unsberg is terrible. The ball held up and bobbled at times, and it looked as though it was already torn up at certain parts of the pitch. Concentration needs to improve when we've just scored so we don't concede quickly, and Sesco and Dependa are a future striker combination that is future-proof. We need to hold on to these two for as long as possible. Now for the detailed summary and recap. It took a full 17 minutes for this game to really start. And boy, once it started, did we end up having an eventful evening in Bavaria. David Raum was in the thick of it from the get-go, starting with the corner we had in the 17-minute mark, which went to Willie Orban, who headed a pass towards Danny Olmo, who had his header saved by Unsberg keeper Finn Dahman. It took just another four minutes for Raum to be involved again, who put a great block and challenge on the Unsberg attacker so they couldn't get a chance to attack. It wouldn't be a Bundesliga game lately if we didn't have a stoppage in play with the supporters holding up play due to the DFL investment by investors. This happened in the 24th minute mark, but only lasted a minute. 
Both teams had to feel another out again for several minutes. Ruben Vargas for FC Arnsberg started to get into the game in the 32-minute mark with a right-footed shot from the right side of the box, which was close but missed. He shot to the right. This sparked a few minutes of shots for Arnsberg, with a couple of shots from the centre of the box. One missed to the left one, saved to the bottom left corner by Peter Galacci, who parried it onto the path of Philip Tates, whose left-footed shot from the left side of the box to the bottom right corner opened the score for the game and Arnsberg. It didn't take long for the lads to respond, however, with a break from defence with Raum travelling the ball on the left side, whipping across to a pender, who absolutely buried the ball with a powerful header. There was nothing Darman could have done about it, which rounded out the score at half-time, 1-1. The second half started similarly to how the first began, but once Leipzig got the flow of the game going, Danny Olmo and Benjamin Sesko must have said at half-time to Raum and Appenda that what you can do, we can do that too as Olmo crossed a lovely ball into the box, with Sesco heading the ball from the centre of the box to the top left corner. Unfortunately, after this, we would have no more reason to celebrate. Subs came on in a timely manner in the 66-minute mark, and our best chance came from a penalty in the 80th-minute mark, when Mo Simakan gets a fist to the face for his troubles, as he headed the ball out of play from a corner kick. Xavi was going to step up and take it, except Appenda took it, and he didn't have any conviction on the ball. He went for placement over power with his right-footed shot, which was saved in the bottom right corner. The game ended 2-2, and we dropped more points this season. A quick injury list update. Mo Simakan was hit in the head by Finn Darman, the Unsberg keeper, and will be assessed in the coming days for his av availability against Real Madrid and will be assessed in the coming days for his availability against Real Madrid. Now on to the preview of Real Madrid, both being in the group stages of the Champions League in season 2022-2023, when both teams competed in Group F. Real Madrid beat RB Leipzig 2-0 in the first time these two played, with Leipzig winning the reverse fixture at home 3-2. Some interesting match facts leading into this game are RB Leipzig have never lost to Real Madrid at home. RB Leipzig haven't been beaten in two games. One win, one draw. RB Leipzig's Luis Appenda is the top scorer in the competition with four goals. Real Madrid haven't been beaten in five games. Four wins, one draw. Real Madrid's Jude Bellingham is their top scorer in the competition with four goals. What I'd like to see in this match is Xavier Schlager dropped. If we put him in the midfield against Tony Cruz, Eduardo Camavinga, or Freddy Valverde, we are going to be eaten alive on the ball. Nicholas Seibold played well once he came on, and I didn't think he and Campbell need to be rotated. Nicholas Seibold played well once he came on, and I think Schlager and Campbell need to be rotated after playing so many minutes just before a game and can come on for experience. The midfield two should be either out of Baumgardner, Elmas, and Sywall. And if we are going to start Kevin Campbell, he needs to play alongside one of those three. I predict a 4-0 loss, unfortunately, to Real Madrid. The same scoreline that Madrid did to Girona in La Liga just days ago before they face us midweek. 
we would have to play at an absolute maximum for the full 90 minutes to get the best possible result, which I believe would be a draw. I really do hope that I'm wrong, however. Now for the Albiol Talk segment. Remember, you can be a part of the show too with the Albiol Talk segment. You can even come on the show as a special guest. The way you do this is by interacting with us on Spotify, social media, such as X, formerly known as Twitter, or email in at show at albiotalk.com. More information in detail on how to get involved with the show for free in the show notes. Both submissions are by email. First time submission from New Rule says, Leipzig only missed out of top four only once since they arrived in the Bundesliga and burst onto the scene. Not many people burst into the scene when they are 16. Are you concerned they will miss out on European Cup unless fifth place ends up being Champions League in Germany? Is Stuttgart becoming a mini problem for Leipzig? And a couple of small questions at the end. If a team needs to invest to keep up with Bayern, would you like to play Salzburg in the Champions League group stage next season? And do you think Leipzig will play New York City, New Jersey State, Red Bulls in preseason. So I'll answer these smaller questions first. I believe all teams need investment of sorts to keep up with Bayern. We do it quite well with who we bring in to fit our game style, along with using the sister clubs in Salzburg and the New York Red Bulls, which I wouldn't mind seeing a preseason game against them next season. It would be good for the lads to catch up with Emil over there, but I don't think it would be good versing Salzburg again in the group stages of the competition of the Champions League like we did in the Europa League back in 2018, just for an ownership perspective. I don't think Stuttgart are a problem in any way. They deserve to make history beating us for the first time back in match day 19. I am concerned that we could miss European football, as there's no guarantee that even with the top six, which does qualify us for the Europa League Conference League at the moment, our aim each season, from my perspective, and the ownership front, is minimum top four each season to qualify for the UEFA Champions League, as the top players want to play Champions League football, and that's what we need for the club. Play top European football to bring in talent and keep the ones that we already have. Obviously, a Pockle trophy here and there wouldn't hurt. And Jordan says, One point is just not enough at this time. Disappointing to say the least. Looking at the positives. Realm is so dangerous on that left side. Sesco and Appenda are starting to click really well together. Keeping Xavi must be a top priority if this team wishes to win the league eventually. Now the negatives. It's really focused in the middle of the field. Campbell seems to be a step behind now. Schlager looks to be on a totally different page than the rest of the team. Too many wayward passes either towards the other team or to no one at all. I'm wondering if it's time for Seiwald to be in the starting in the middle. He came on and had some amazing defensive displays. Granted, one was because of his mistake and some great balls forward. Curious what your thoughts are. Jordan, I think we're in agreement here with Seiwald starting in the previous segment of what I like to see in the next match. It's replacing the midfield too, especially Schlager, who played a horrid 90 minutes. We're also not the only ones that picked up on that. I think... Campbell just might be starting to decline a little bit. He's been with us since 2017 and is now 33, turning 34 in October this year. He has a contract till 2026, which would make him about 35 or 36 at the end of his deal. 
And if he continues to play football, he might do what Emil did and go to Major League Soccer. However, Emil wasn't on the decline, and Campbell could go finish off his career there if he does decline. I think Campbell still has the skill and experience to play at Leipzig, but maybe not so many minutes. Start him in big games, like against the Real Madrid, coming up in a couple of days, or bring him on in scenarios where experience is needed. Sesco and Appenda are our number one striker combination for me, and Realm is the most dangerous left back and crosser in the competition for a reason, which speaks for itself. As always, I'd like to thank the contributors for their contributions this week in RBL Talk. All backers supporters of the show, and thank you for listening to this podcast. If you could take a moment to leave a quick review and rate us where you listen to this podcast or tell a friend about the show. It really helps us find new listeners and grow the show. So until next time, I've been Justin Crozer. Bye-bye for now.